Welcome to the Guard Up Podcast. I'm your host, CJ, back with another NBA Playoffs recap preview. Uh, today, my guests are, uh, my, my previous guests who were on my last episode, my guy, uh, Lou, my guys, Lou and Teddy. What's going on, bros? What's up, boys? Yeah, go. <laughs> doing good. I'm doing good. All right, uh, let's let's get right to it. First half, NBA Finals talk, Game Five. Yes, you know, wild game. KD went down. You know, started started off hot in the beginning of the game. KD went down, kind of took the life of the, out of the arena, uh, even even on the road for for Golden State. And you know, you know, they were battle tested, and they ended up uh, still winning the game by by one. Uh, Teddy, what, what was your you know just just small reactions, small thoughts to, to Game Five quickly before we dive in and get more detail yeah I mean great game obviously love games that come down right to the wire uh tough loss for KD um but I'm glad we're extending the series here yeah Lou what about you bro uh yeah I mean I'm actually really excited that I I think this is going to go seven but it was just disappointing that KD is done and and we don't really know what's going to happen with him and and it just sucked even more to see that people cheered about it that just made it even worse. Yeah, that was that was terrible. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Uh, just before that, Lou, just tell me a little bit. What do you think were the, the keys to victory for Golden State in Game Five? Uh, again, just like both you guys alluded to, KD going down for for some teams. You know, they would they would just fold and, and kind of just just give up, but they didn't. You know, the Splash Bros stepped up. What do you think? What do you what were your thoughts on on some of the things that they did well in order to close out the victory? Uh, I mean, they couldn't miss from three. Uh, that never hurts for them, but uh, the defensive stops. Draymond was just everywhere as usual. Um, Curry didn't even get picked on that bad, and Clay as always came up clutch at the end with his defense. Iggy came to help. Uh, I think they really had, I don't know, a good game defensively as a team. Definitely, definitely, Teddy. What, uh, what, what were your what were your thoughts on some of the keys that uh, Golden State did good did well to uh, get the W? Yeah, definitely, definitely defense is huge. Uh, I think Boogie uh, played really well, and that'll that's huge for them because that's pretty much their only inside scoring presence. Uh, and then, I mean, they got to hit threes, you know, and they, they, I mean, those were the three biggest shots of the game were all three pointers right there at the end. So, definitely, definitely. So, so Teddy. This is this is a question I I don't really think a lot of people have really talked about. You know, Clay Thompson. I think I think it has a lot to do with his personality and how he's really laid back and chill. But he's had some really special uh, playoff moments, postseason moments, especially during this run. Obviously, go back to Game Six in the Western Conference Finals in 2016 when they were down three-one, had a great Game Six to force the Game Seven, and that obviously they advanced and and went up against the Cavs. Uh, has some big. He's always had some big-time shots. I believe he had 40, 42 in that game. Uh, like you guys, but like both of you guys just said, in the game five, hit um, hit the hit the hit the three for the lead after Curry tied it. So, uh, do you think he's the one of the most underrated clutch players in postseason history? Uh, I mean, you you may have, I mean I don't know how underrated it is. I think he I think especially that that game against Oklahoma City when they came back from three one. Everyone talked about his game six. Um, so I don't know how underrated it he is, but he's definitely one of the most clutch playoff performers. He's all, he always seems to show up when, when he's really needed. Yeah, Lou, uh, what do you think? Uh, I think he's a little underrated in that department just because, I mean, they do talk about that game six, but and like you said, I feel like he always shows up when they need him, especially when Curry doesn't always. So I feel like he's been their go-to guy when Durant's not there. Yeah, absolutely. The reason why I put underrated is because, you know, of course, it's Curry's team. You know, Curry's the face of the franchise. But uh, Clay, you know, Clay got drafted two years after that. And I feel like he's just as just as vital to the team, especially his two way ability. And also he can mask some of the uh, deficiencies that that Curry can't do. So um, some of the things that Curry can't do, especially on ball perimeter defense and locking up the, the best guy on the opposing team. So I feel like he's I feel like he, he's getting underrated and also obviously got snubbed to being an all NBA player, which is crazy. Uh, definitely should have been an all NBA. He's definitely one of the top fifteen players in the NBA. So and then and then in the postseason, he's just just I mean, last, I mean, two nights ago it was just it was it was a dominant performance from from the Splash Bros. And again, I just want to get your guys' reaction to to KD going down. Do do, do you think that do you think he should have played? I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's tough. It's probably tough to say now. Obviously, you know, all of us we were hyped when uh, <laughs> when we found out that he was he was going to be cleared and ready to go. 
But, you know, just what, what was your reactions? And, and, and do you think uh, do you think they kind of rushed them? You know, obviously Bob Myers came out after the game. It was really emotional. You saw you saw Curry and Iguodala walking back to the locker room. You know, I was, you know, I was, that was great to see. Uh, yeah, what was your reactions, Lou? Um, honestly, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, they said he wasn't even near 100%. So if that's the case, I say he shouldn't have played. Just because you want him out there at, at least close to 100 where it's like, the risk is minimized, but if he really wasn't close and they cleared him and then he was like, all right, I have to play. I feel like it's 50, 50, they'll blame, but uh, I feel like no one should be blamed. It's he gets injured all the time. And I don't know. I respect them for playing. Yeah. Teddy, um, what, what were you, cause that, yo, when you, when you sent me the video <laughs> on the chat. I was like, man, that was, that, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal, man. What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone should get blamed per se. I mean, I'm sure he was pushing to play. Um, he obviously wasn't 100%. He had literally one practice after they said he's cleared before the game. It's really not enough to know if you're NBA finals ready. You know, it's a totally different animal jumping right into an NBA final game. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I, you heard reports where they told him that it couldn't, you know, hurt it any worse which obviously isn't true because he did so I mean I guess it, you know if if those reports are true and and the doctors really uh screwed him on this then you can totally blame them and the Warriors but well, I guess we'll have to see more reports and and let Katie speak on that I think uh, I think Jalen Rose he talked about it a little bit yesterday on um our first take, he was saying it was, you know, he looked, he probably looked good in those practices and those workouts before the game, but it was probably adrenaline and definitely, definitely want to get out there. So, you know, um, he was dunking before the game and, and doing things of that nature, you know, really animated and ready to go. But yeah, I mean, if he, if he's not hundred percent, exactly the calf injury, you know, it, could, it goes right down to the Achilles. It's, it's a very tricky injury. And then you also saw even when, uh, even when he went out in, in the first quarter, you know, he, he had it iced up, you know, they had it secured, iced, heated, probably, probably both just so he could get ready to get out there and, and be, and be productive. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I would say 50-50. I mean, I feel like as a, you know, professional basketball team, uh, the team doctors, I mean, I feel like you, you want to you make sure the players are, are healthy uh, to the point where they feel like they could go out, and especially like you said, in this type of atmosphere, NBA finals, you know, you, you have to make sure that they're 100%. Obviously, KD's pride and ego uh, and just competitive nature as well just wants to be out there and, and try to help his team, especially in that's just, that type of situation being an elimination type game. It's, it's just tough. It's tough, man. It's, I mean, you know, a lot of people are trying to point the blame, like you guys said, but I just, I just feel like it's just one of those things where it's, I feel like it, was, it had to be a collaborative agreement between, between the Warriors and KD that he wanted to go. I don't feel like, you know, he was forced by Golden State to play. And I don't think he, you know, he made it, you know, put pressure on, on Steve Kerr and, and the doctors to make it, you know, make him healthy enough to get out there. I just think it was just one of those freak accidents because if he would have played and nobody would have said anything. So I just think it was just one of the, I mean, if he would have played throughout the entire game, I don't think anybody would have said anything. But, you know, it's just, it's just tough. Uh, so, yes, yeah, get back to the game. Okay, fourth quarter. It's like, I want to say five, yeah, five minutes, four, yeah, five minutes left. Kawhi's just playing out of his mind, 10 straight points. And I'm like, oh, whoa. I'm like, well, even though the game was still very close, you know, a lot of people were saying it's over, it's done. I was on social media. I was like, oh, it's done. They're about to get eliminated. I'm like, I mean, it's still like a one, two point game. And then Nick Nurse calls a timeout. So, so Teddy, I just want to get your thought. Do, do you think that Nick Nurse iced his own team after calling the timeout? Because after that timeout, they kind of, you know, they had a couple turnovers. Uh, I don't, uh, they struggled scoring. And, you know, obviously we saw what happened at the end of the game when Draymond blocking the shot. Do you think he, he iced his own team? Uh, you know, you know, timeout, no timeout. I don't think you can blame a timeout for giving up a, a 10 to 2 run or whatever it was. You know, maybe he stopped a little momentum, but, you know, they, they said that, you know, Kawhi looked gassed. I, I didn't, you know, go back and look if I could see if he was or not. But, I mean, I, I don't think there's any excuse you can have for just giving up a 10-2 to two run. You know, as players, you got to step up on defense and you got to make some shots. And, I mean, they scored two points on a goaltending, which so they technically didn't make a shot after that timeout. 
And I just, I don't, I don't know if I could sit here and blame the timeout for that as, as NBA players, you need to step up in the NBA finals and, and make some shots. It's a good point. It's a good point. Lou, what do you think? Uh, I think more than anything, it really gave Clay and Curry a breather. Like they, they looked gassed. Mm. So I think that was the problem. I think it, it was just obvious they were running the Warriors up and down the court. They couldn't stop Kawhi. And then I guess like you could say he stopped his own team's momentum, but I feel like if anything, he just gave them a breather and helped them do what they do. So, so when it happened, I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because he, it looked like he was about to have one of these, you know, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe type moments where he just takes over and, and just, and just, you know, puts him, puts him to rest and, and eliminates, eliminates the Warriors. It, it would have been crazy. I, I don't, I, for me, I don't understand the, the timeout for the simple fact that, like, like Lou said, the momentum, uh, you know, just the crowd was rocking. I mean, he couldn't miss. And, you know, he was shooting in front of DeMarcus, Iguodala. He looked unstoppable. So I feel like in those type of situations, I don't think – now, if Kerr would have called the timeout and kind of and killed their run, I think that would have been a little bit differently. But, you know, for Nick Nurse to call the timeout, it was just uh, – it was, it, was, it was odd to me. And then, you know, after that, they, you know, really struggled executing. So, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to – what, you know, what could they have said in the timeout? <laughs> for, and then so it was, it was just weird to me. I think uh, I think in those type of situations, man. I think you just you just let Kawhi just do what he has to do. I mean, he said he looked gassed. I I didn't see it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't see it. I mean, if he did look gassed, I mean, the Warriors couldn't do anything about it. So uh, I just think Nick Nurse. I think he just I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He maybe he probably overthought things, and especially you know the magnitude, the type of game. You know, you're, you're in Toronto. You know, it's looking like you could potentially you know eliminate the Warriors, win a championship, first time in franchise history. I think he just – I think kind of those – maybe those other thoughts probably probably creeped in real fast and probably wanted to just calm down the team. But I think it ultimately – I think it ultimately hurt them. Uh, so, so, Teddy, let me just get your thoughts on, on, on just something that I feel like is just, you know, just terrible. What were your – what, were you, what was your reaction to, you know, the Warrior – I mean, not Warrior fan, the Raptors fans, you know, cheering KD. KD went down. I saw a couple clips of, you know, a couple fans waving goodbye and, and clapping. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's obviously no place for that in, in the sport. You know, it's totally unnecessary. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to pretend that any other fan base wouldn't have done the same thing. Mm. You know, you're in the NBA Finals you're trying to win your championship for the first time. Katie comes back and he lights you up in the first quarter. And, you know, then he goes down and, you know, they probably should have kept it on the inside, you know, celebrate on the inside. But I, you know, I, I feel like it's not a Toronto fan thing. I think any fan base in that situation is probably going to do the same thing. Um, waving goodbye is probably a little extra. Uh, I love that. You know, Kyle Lowry, I noticed, was, you know, telling them to shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I appreciate the Raptors team doing that, telling their fans to not be disrespectful. Um, but I think, you know, league-wide, the fans probably do that regardless of what team they're a fan of. Yeah, Lou, uh, what were your reactions? What was your reaction? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with Teddy. That just, I mean, it's not a Toronto thing. It's just, I mean – any any fan base would have done it. I, I just I, I don't want to use that as an excuse. It just shouldn't happen. I mean, that was just terrible. Yeah, it looked. It looked like, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like you can notice like more of um like if you look like the front row, uh, not as many people there cheered. It was more of like a, a shock and like despair from them. Like not just Drake, but like some of the team owners and some of like the professionals in the league. You could see like for them, um. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good thing. Like, they kind of had a little despair on their face, too. But, like, the young Toronto fans, I get it. I mean, you guys should have won that game and should have won your first title. So, I mean, I can't blame them. It, it looked bad. It looked bad. And, uh, and you, both of you guys are right. I feel like it's not just a Raptors thing, of course. It's just a – it's not a Raptor thing, but it's definitely a fan thing. So, um, and, and that's – and that's, I feel like it's unacceptable for any, any, anybody to go down. And yeah, the the waving. The one thing I really do like is you know Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, like you said, Teddy. You know, pretty much you know telling them to you know you know be quiet. Why why are you cheering? I mean, for, am I am I? I really don't understand. I mean, if if you're looking at the game, you see the guy on the floor limping. I mean, I don't feel I don't understand what's the 
I mean, what, what are you what are you cheering about? Like the game stopped. So <laughs> uh, that, that that's what that's what made it odd to me. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a fan thing, you know. You know these you know fans, you know, whether they're you know have have a little bit of beer or something like that. You know, adrenaline's hype. You know, obviously the magnitude of the games could potentially win win the championship. Um, on your home floor or something special, be a part of a moment. So I understand it to a certain extent, but when you see a guy go down, it's like, it's more like a shock. And especially, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody in the arena knew, you know, KD, you know, had got hurt, why he got hurt. So, you know, to see him re get injured again, I just feel like it was a, you know, I feel like it was classless. I feel like it was definitely classless. Um, but that's, you know, that's, 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 that's what, that, that's what comes with the territory when you, when you, uh, when you're playing sports and you're going to have those type of fans that, that act that certain way. Uh, also in the fourth quarter, uh, man, this, I, I was feeling bad for my guy. My guy Boogie had, you know, had two, had a, a moving pick, two turnovers, had a moving pick. The, the offensive interference that in my opinion, you should have just got the rebound went right back up. You had Lowry on you. We're like, come on. And then also, and he, he played, he played, he had, he had good moments. He played well. He had a couple good passes, set some good screens. He, he set a good screen for Curry to get that, to shoot that through to, um, to tie it. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was looking, I mean, if they was to lose that game, it was, it was, I think it would have been looking bad for Boogie right now. Uh, uh, Lou, would Boogie have been the scapegoat if the Dubs had lost on, um, in game five? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who thought he had, he had a good game, but I feel like he made way too many errors and, in the fourth, I mean, he did come up clutch with that that pick, but besides that, I feel like sometimes he looked a little lost in the fourth and some bad turnovers and things like that. I mean, but props to him when when he plays well, they get the W. So, kind of comes with it, like the Kevin Love thing. When he plays well, mm. and he they win because of him because he stepped up, or it's his fault because he went ghost. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's oh well not yeah not as yeah that's a that's a good comp in terms of situation. Not to that extent, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, Teddy. Uh, man, it would have been uh, would have been Boogie would not have been able to go back to Oakland if they uh, if he would have they would have lost. Yeah, you know it's it's tough. I I, I I'm sure people would have blamed him. Um, I'm sure he would have got blamed from the you know the mainstream media um he's a pretty easy guy to blame um i don't do i think he would have deserved it no i don't think you can you know one or two plays or you know something in a game that you can uh you can put the blame on one guy like that miss for me it's, for me it's tricky and it's tricky because like you said you i i agree with you said like you can't blame one or two plays but in this series, this series has been really about, you know, possessions and making sure you capitalize on every single possession. So it wasn't moving pick for sure. You know, he tried to, he went to the, uh, <laughs> he went to the side. Like, did I move? Like, yeah, bro, you moved. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. But, you know, he, and the thing is, I don't, I don't want to, it's no point in getting on him too much because again, he's coming off an injury as well. I mean, this is, this is his, you know, this is his, you know, he's only been back a couple games already. And I'm pretty sure he's not even in, in really tip shot, tip top NBA final shape as well. So, um, you know, he was coming off the, he, he came off the bench. I was waiting for Kerr to put him in. It looked like he was just going to go with Looney and Bogut the whole game. And I was like, there's no way they win this game. If they don't put the Marcus Cousins in. So uh, he played, he had a couple moments where, you know, Kyle beat him a little, Kyle, Kyle beat him off the dribble for, for a couple bat, for a couple uh, shots around the, around the rim. But uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Mainstream media would have ripped him, and like you said, it's easy to it's easy to go after Cousins, obviously, with you know his time in Sacramento, and it's just you know the perception of his character throughout throughout the league and throughout throughout the media is, is obviously is as is negative, especially with him then going to Golden State as well. So I just think from from that from that perspective, you know, they would have tried to blame him, and they, I mean the moving pick is huge. It's huge. I, I mean that would have been a huge play. That would have been a huge play because, again, like I said, this, you know, this this finals has been all about possessions. Who has the last? Who has the um, who has the ball? And and whatever moment, and who could capitalize in each in each moment. So uh, it's, it's tough for Buggy, but I'm definitely glad that you know they you know he didn't he didn't get the blame and they were able to get the W. So now it's three two. Back back in Oakland, back at the Oracle. If if Curry, if the Dubs win the series. 
and say and Curry has a dominant game six and game seven, like like he had in game five, or like he had in game five towards towards the end of the game, and wins Finals MVP. Would you rank him uh, top ten all time? And and also, also you guys give me your, your top ten all time players currently. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with Lou. Um, I think I'd. I'd have to I'd have to really evaluate it and see what where KD goes and what he does because I think for me both of them are competing to get in my top ten. But um, oh top ten that's so tough. Uh, yes. For me it's LeBron, uh, Magic, Jordan, Kobe, Bird. <sighs> After that it gets it gets tough. Yeah, it gets tricky. It gets tricky. Um. Oh, you got, Shaq. Yeah, I was about to say, where you got Shaq? Where you got Shaq in there? <laughs> Shaq, Kareem, uh, Russell. If KD leaves and, and gets another chip, he's right there. Uh, I, I really, I really can't do the end of the list, my dude. It's too tough. The top ten for me is just so hard. I, I really can't pull one together. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I mean those players. That's usually the consensus when it comes to those top ten. Usually, those players are definitely in that conversation. What about you, Teddy? Is uh, would a would a Finals MVP uh, and a dominant Game Six and Game Seven put him in your top ten all time? Um, I think at the end of the day, it would. Um, you still need that body of work. I feel like to be in there, and he's obviously on the path a championship. That I mean, this would be coming back from 3-1 finals MVP. Obviously, he would get it at this point if they won without Durant here playing. Uh, that, would, that would be a huge boost for his resume. I don't think it would immediately – I don't think that would automatically put him in for me. Um, but as he continues his career, I, I think he would definitely uh, have a very strong case for top 10 for sure. He's not in there right now. Durant's also not in there right now for me, but – he, him and him and Steph are honorable mentions for me in that top ten. Um, I made a list. I have a top ten here. All right, let's uh, hear it. Let's hear it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start from ten. I got oh, no. it in order. Um, at ten, I got Oscar Robertson. Nine, I put Bill Russell. Eight, I got Larry Bird, the baddest white boy to ever play the game. <laughs> Number seven, I got Tim Duncan. Six, Will Chamberlain. Five, Magic. Four, Shaq. Uh, three Kareem, two Jordan, and one LeBron. One LeBron. All right. Yeah. For me, no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, def- I mean, it's like all the guys you named that I feel like still, still are definitely uh, better all-time players than Curry. Uh, you know, if he if he would even even despite having even despite if he would have won his fourth championship and, and one Finals MVP, uh, yeah, I feel like he'd be on the outside looking in as well. For me, uh, my list. <laughs> My list is uh, MJ, Braun, Kareem, Magic, Wilt, Duncan, Kobe, Shaq, Bird, um, Oscar Robinson, and this is tough. Uh, Oscar, man, uh, trying to see. Hold on, okay, Magic, Magic. I'm trying to think of some, some other guys in there. <laughs> Some other legends, I think. Yeah, that, I mean that. I mean that's, yeah, big O. I mean that's. I mean that's 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 the top guys for me. MJ definitely still. I mean, I mean obviously, I know Bron. I know Bron is. I feel like Bron has the potential to, to get there. Uh, I feel like for me, uh, I have to see. I have to see what happens in LA these last three years. If he's able to to win another championship with the Lakers, that'd be three. That'd be three three teams that he you know pretty much brought a championship to as the best player. That, that's something I haven't seen before. So if he's able to do that, I think it, it would, for me, I, it would be very close between him and MJ. I mean, Kobe, you know, people, I mean, the, the Kobe hate I've seen on social media is crazy. It's crazy. I'm glad none crazy, of us said bro. Kobe, by the way. What happened? I said, I'm glad no one here said Kobe. Oh, I said Kobe. I did oh, too. Oh, did you? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a top 10 all-time, he's, he's not a top 10 all-time player, bro. He's, he's border, he, I mean, for me, he's borderline. I mean, that's he, he wasn't, he he was Bro. not. He wasn't even the best player on three of his championships. I just think that's a hit for sure. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But All right, Lou. Yeah, Lou. You you uh, want you want to touch on that? Because yeah. you're, you're just gonna like take it. I don't know. 
I don't know. The way I put like all time is just who would play the best in every era. Right. And I feel like, I don't like LeBron, like you could put him in any era. He's dookieing on everybody. I don't care what anyone says. And it's the same thing with Kobe, Jordan, Bird, Magic, all those guys. But I feel like to have like people like even Russell, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Celtics lover, but dude, he was oh. playing against guys that were podiatrists. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you can't, you can't <laughs> say he's better than Kobe. Come on now. Like, that's just crazy. Kobe would have been putting up 200 a game. It wouldn't even have caught him. Like, it, it wouldn't even have been fair, like, if he played when Bill Russell played. So, I understand the 11 rings thing, but come on. Can't do him like that. Yeah, I forgot to add Bill Russell. Bill Russell's definitely a top 10 all-time player. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about – I'll touch on Bill Russell. That, that point you just made, that's, that's a very good point you made. Um, a very important point. So, for Kobe, you said <laughs> – is that the first? Is that the first three? You said the first three championships. Uh, he wasn't the best player. Cool. Okay. I mean, so that's so that's just real fast because I don't want to because this is this is a this 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 conversation could go on forever and I want to get to a couple more topics. But, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really could. But I'll just say. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll put some context to it. One. Okay. Yeah. Of course, Shaq was the better player. I mean, Kobe was like what 18, 19? So and then and then if you look at the final game, you look at those finals games. Kobe, I mean, other than the first one where Kobe averaged 15, he was only, what, 22 at the time? So after, after the last two finals, the other two finals in, in, the, in the three-peat, Kobe averaged 25, five-plus, five-plus. So, you know, for people, you know, people, you know, people try to throw the not, – not, not true per se, but people try to throw the narrative like, like Shaq carried him. And I used, honestly, I used to think like that. I was, like, young, when I was younger, I used to think like, yo, yo, yo Shaq, what? Yo, he didn't have – how many finals MVP he got? But listen, Kobe, Kobe played well. He needed, and Shaq needed Kobe. Kobe, it's not like Shaq won a championship with Penny Hardaway. So even though they went to the finals, they lost. So um, you know, it's just let all, all these guys, all these, all these guys in the top ten have played with another Hall of Fame player in order for them to have the success, in order for them to put them in this all-time list to begin with. I mean, you look at Kareem Magic. Yes, Kareem won with won one with Magic and Oscar Robinson. We all put Oscar Robinson in our top ten. Uh, maybe probably the only one. I mean, even though even though Ginobili and and Parker they're Hall of Famers, but pro- probably Duncan's probably the only one. Uh, but but then you can't even say that because because Duncan Duncan played with, you know, David Robinson his first time. I mean, what, what would you say? Who would you say was the best player then? David Robinson. So it's just yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think <laughs> he's, for me, he's definitely top ten all time. I mean, I feel like watching him for twenty years is tough for me to not say yeah, he's not you one know, of the greatest players I ever saw. Um, and, and, you know, of course, Braun and Kobe, you know, even though they're, you know, they're, you know, on a, on a reality level, you know, they're, you know, they're cool, but they're fans, you know, they always go at it. So it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a never ending debate. Teddy, you want to say something real fast? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, on Tim Duncan and Kobe, Tim Duncan right. is the cornerstone of probably the greatest, you know, one of the greatest basketball franchises of all time. This, you know, that 20 year run they had, yes. you know, Kobe, I mean, he had four or five years in the middle of his prime where the Lakers were pretty garbage. I mean, who was the other Hall of Famer? What? Who was the other Hall of Famer? All Star. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, LeBron went to a finals without an All Star. So, true. True. You know, you're, From you're, the really, East, you're really splitting hairs here when you're picking a top ten. You know, I'm not trying to disrespect <laughs> Kobe. I mean, for me, Kobe's you know 11, 12. You know, he, I mean, he's obviously right there. Right. Um, it's just you know you're really splitting hairs here when it comes down to a all-time top 10 yeah of course of course of course you, you, you have to nitpick there's no way because i mean these are the greatest players ever so uh if you want to debate you have to nitpick and pick certain things i'll just say last thing about about your point about Kobe missed the playoffs what lou, lou just said definitely in a tougher conference and didn't have ginobili and tony parker and and greg popovich so it's just situations just situations of course where and to know, kobe's credit he probably deserved one of steve nash's mvps so no question i don't want to hold i don't want to hold one mvp against him right yeah the mvp thing is is, is a media voted uh, award i feel like the media should have no involvement in voting for mvp they met because they're they're biased as well uh, i've never been a fan of that i feel like that's one of the reasons why kobe only has one mvp i think the media didn't want to you know didn't want to really put Kobe in that type of Jordan discussion when it came to the MVPs and everything else since he already had the championships. So uh, that, that's my, I mean, it's kind of, people say it's a conspiracy theory. I feel like there's no other, no other way to slice it, especially when you look at the numbers, you look at the impact, um, 
you look at you look at of course those Sun teams. They were, they were excellent. They had they had really good players. They had some great players. Obviously, D'Antoni's you know one of the one of the greatest coaches in NBA history for sure. Um, and you know they were in the, they were in a better situation than those Laker teams. So uh, I feel like for for Kobe to win forty plus games in the Western Conference in the Western Conference with with you know Smush Parker and uh, Kwame Brown, <laughs> Kwame Brown. I feel like it's that's, that's an, even though no championship, but I feel like that's that's still a great accomplishment. Um, all right, yeah. Next next topic, yeah. That 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 discussion can go on for days for days. All right, so back back to KD. If you're a t- so I'll put you, I'll put both of you guys in this scenario. Say if you're, you know, say if you're the Knicks, Knicks, Nets, Clippers, Lakers. If you're one of these teams with, with cap space, with the, with two max slots, would you still pursue KD even after the injury? Even after the injury, uh, Teddy, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really tough. I've really thought about it because the Knicks are my team, and um, I I think you know, you can offer. I mean, he's so good that I think he's one of the few guys that can come back from this and be just as good, even if he misses one full year. If you sign him long-term, four or five, you got him for the next, you know, four, three or four years. I think it's worth it um, just because of how good he is. He's, you know, probably the one or two guys in the entire league that it's worth the gamble on. Lou, what about you, bro? Oh, 100%. I'm – I'm still trying to sign KD, 100%. I, I don't – I mean, I, I get it's the Achilles, but he's 31, and, and I feel like players today play a little bit longer. I mean, but I don't know. It, it's it's not out of the ordinary now for players to sit like 20, 24 games in the regular season and then just play in the postseason. So I feel like if, if you're the Knicks and you get him or like the Clippers, I don't know. I feel like there's leeway. Even if he is a little banged up, you can rest him like the Raptors did with Kawhi, and it's not that big of a deal. Yes, I completely agree. You know, I, I think people over. I think people kind of overreacted because it, it happened just now. But you know, the 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 one thing, and just just I'll just switch. I'll just go to the, the all time, all time list real fast when you talk about the players and talk about errors. The one thing that this this era has that the last era didn't have is uh, advanced medicine, advanced science to, to make sure these guys are, are healthy. Um, to the best of their capabilities, something that, that didn't happen in, in the 60s and the 70s and the, and the 80s, even up to the, even, even kind of in the, in the 90s per se. So I'm definitely, <laughs> I definitely side of him long term for sure. I, I agree with Teddy as well. Uh, if it's a four or five year deal, you know, he'll sit for one year, get healthy, get right. And, and then, you know, for those next five, four to five years, he could, he continue to be a cornerstone piece. I think it would, I would think, I think it would make the story even better if he were to come back and, 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 you know, carry whatever team he's on to the playoffs and or a championship. I think it, I think it, it helps his legacy even more if he, if he, if he were able to do that. I've seen a lot of people say that he should opt in and stay with Golden State. Maybe. I mean, for me, I don't see why that's, I don't, I don't, if, if for me, I wouldn't do that one. It's just one year. You have nothing else guaranteed after that. So, I mean, pretty much you ha- you're opting in to not play, and then you have nothing else on the back end. So I just feel like that's a bad business move. I, w- I wouldn't do that. I would uh, – I would make sure- when teams are going to offer you a max anyway. Right, exactly. It's like I would make sure I have if – I am- if I'm hurt, I want to make sure on the back end I have as much guaranteed money as possible. Just, you know, God forbid if, if it is – you know, God forbid if it is a career-ending injury or something like that, I want to make sure I have some, have some security uh, later on into the- my future and my career and my life. So – I don't see, I don't see him opting in. I don't even think it's a lot of money. He's taking a pay cut to to take the sacrifice to go to Golden State. Took all the you know took all the heat, took all the blame, and all and all. He lost a lot of money in the process. Well, I'm pretty sure he gained it back with you know winning championships and endorsements. But uh, I think now it's you know from a basketball contractual standpoint, uh, I take the max. I take the max for sure, regardless. And if I'm if I'm a team, I'm definitely pursuing him again. Top two player, you know. Top two, top, you know, top three. Have you wanna, have you wanna rank those top three? Definitely a top three player in the world. So it's just it's different trying to compare him to kind of to other guys. Uh, Demarcus came back. Um, he, you know, I mean, again, he got hurt again. Yes, but you know, when he when he came back, he looked he looked really good. He looked really good. He looked in shape. He was making plays. Had a couple twenty point games. He looked like he looked like the best center in the NBA. So I feel like that you know those same situations could happen for KD. Um, people try to compare it to Kobe. Kobe had a lot of mileage on his on his legs at that time, almost what, uh, you know, 18, 17, 18 years on his legs. So it's, it's just a little it's a little different. You can't always compare 
you could, you know, just because the injury is the same, the players aren't. So it's just, it's always tricky when you, when people try to uh, compare players and injuries, uh, people, everyone's body reacts differently. Uh, let's get to this next topic. Let's start for the Raptors. For the Raptors, what do they have to do to, to close out this series? I mean, you know, we've, we've seen Golden State uh, be up 3-1 and lose the lead and lose the finals. What do they have to do to, to not repeat uh, something that, that Golden State did three years ago? Uh, I'll start with you. Uh, I'll start with you, Lou. Uh, not give Kyle Lowry the ball in that situation. That's <laughs> definitely the first thing. I don't know what the hell that shot was, man. Like, that was just so deflating. Like at the end of the game for them, it wasn't even, wasn't even close. Um, but in all, not all seriousness, they just have to play a good team defense. I mean, they've been getting what they wanted at the basket, and then when Kawhi has the ball, he does virtually whatever he wants. But if they can stop the bleeding on the other end a little bit, I think they can definitely take one in Oracle. I do. So let me know what what does Toronto have to do to get this W. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple what they need to do. They need to just double Clay and Steph nonstop and make someone else beat them. Steph is very much due for a blitzkrieg of threes because he has, as, as well as he's played, I think he's averaging like 32 points this series. He really hasn't exploded from the three-point line um, like we are accustomed to seeing him do. So especially the Warriors being at home, they need to not let him start to feel it from range. And the same with Clay. They, they both can go off for ridiculous numbers. So that's what I think they need to do. Yes, no question. Two things, you guys were, you guys were definitely right. One, I'll say, yes, yeah, stopping the splash bills, have to step up on those screens, be physical with those guys. If you let those guys get free looks, get free looks at shots, I mean, it's – it's it's game over. It's game over. And 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 the reason and, and, and credit to Toronto as well. They've done a great job of, of playing defense on, on um Clay and, and Steph, making it difficult, given you know, you know, they're they're making some of most of those some of those shots that they make are really contested. They're just really extremely gifted at what they do. So um, you know, Toronto continue to play defense, continue to stay physical within within the game and also execution. Just like, you know, <laughs> Lou, you just joked about it, but you know, just up and you know, up until that last shot. I mean, I mean, for me, I was like, I was like, what was that? Even not even the shot, just, just, just the execution and, and creating a play to try to get a good look. Of course, they, of course, they're going to trap Kawhi. That's a given. They don't want him to win the game. Everybody saw what he did against Philadelphia, so they don't want that to happen. Because, I mean, if he would have hit that, if if he would have hit the shot and made it, I mean, and the the narrative would have been crazy. Would have been crazy right now. So, um, I think yeah, just continue continue to 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 stop. Continue to stop the splash bros. I'll live with Draymond and 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 uh, Eagle Dollar hitting those shots. Whoever else they have out there, I'll live with them hitting those shots. But uh, yeah, just continue to play defense on those guys. Stay up on the shooters and and execution late in the game. That's that's very key, especially in these especially in these moments. Now it's I feel like you know I feel like the pressure is on Toronto now. I feel like the pressure is on Toronto. So let's let's switch it back now. Let's let's flip it. What does Golden State have to do to 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 continue to extend the series and and force a game seven back at Toronto. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Lou. Uh, they just have to keep the momentum. I mean, they shot lights out last game. Um, I mean, the three ball is going to be a big part of it, but the defensive stops. I mean, just making sure Curry isn't as vulnerable uh, and Clay just doing his thing one on one and Draymond got in everywhere. I just hope Kevon Looney's healthy because they really need him to at least get some off. Uh, some defensive boards because the more offensive boards they let up uh, to Toronto, uh, the worse the runs get. No question. Teddy, what are your thoughts on uh, what is uh, Golden State's, what do they need to do to uh, force a game seven? I think they really need to find some sort of scoring outside of Steph and Clay, whether it's Draymond or more likely Boogie. Um, they need to find another threat to kind of take the pressure off Steph and Clay, so they can go get those open looks um, and, and get some more offense going. They're they're a really good defensive team. That obviously you need to play good defense to win a championship. I also just want to add one thing yeah. that we haven't touched on is I think we're finally seeing the disparity in the head coaches in this series. Mm. You know, out of that timeout, Steve Kerr drew up three beautiful plays for, for Clay and Steph to knock down those three. 
All right, sorry about that, guys. Little technical difficulties. Uh, Teddy, what were you saying about uh, Steve Kerr's uh, execution calling plays late, late down the stretch? Yeah, they, you know, coming out of that weird timeout by Toronto, Steve Kerr drew up beautiful plays, two or three plays um, to run on back-to-back possessions for, for Steph and Clay, where they can get good looks to, to help them come back. And they nailed three threes in a row pretty much. And on the other side, the last play of the game, I mean, the Raptors pretty much just ran an ISO for uh, Kawhi, which that's great and all, you know, but I can call an ISO for Kawhi. You know, that's what I would do. So as an NBA coach, you got to run a better play than, than ISO Kawhi on the game. And that's why they ended up with a Kyle Lowry corner three off the backboard. You know, that's not – so I just – I think that we finally saw the huge disparity in the coaching in this series. That's a great point. That's a great point. I feel like, especially now, it's going to come down to coaching, definitely, because, I mean, the, both of those guys are going to be, have to be able to, to draw up the right plays, and that's, and that's what I meant by it. That also, I feel like that also falls along the line of execution, for sure. Uh, for me, Cousins. Cousins, you know, he has to be that third scorer. He has to be that guy that, you know, that could get them, if he could get them at least 18 to 20, uh, that's, that's huge for them. That's huge, especially in the middle, being a force in the front court, have to be able to to be dominant down there, they have Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, even Kawhi. At some at some moments, at some moments, he's he's also in the paint. So he has to be a force down there, and also you know, so they could so that if so because if he is playing well, you got if you double, he's a, he's a, he's a great he's still a, one of the best passing big men in the NBA. He could kick it out to those shooters and, and kick it out to the Splash Brothers, and then they can really open up and become more of a, a fluid offense. So I think I, I expect Biggie to a Boogie to have a, a really a really good game. And then also, you know, Draymond and, and Eagle Dollar, they have to hit those shots because they're going to trap. They're going to trap Steph and Clay. So, you know, you know they're going to they're leave them open. So they're going to have to be able to hit big-time shots. Game game three and four, they weren't able to do so. Game five, Draymond hit some big shots. Eagle Dollar hit some, hit some key shots as well throughout the game. They're going to have to continue to do that. And whoever else is out there, Quinn Cook as well. Quinn Cook um, and any of uh, Jonas Jarekbo, whoever they have out there, I think um, – they, they need to be able to hit shots because, because Toronto, they're going to live with those guys hitting those shots. So if they knock those shots down, and, and then, then it, opens up, it opens up the floor for the other guys, and, and then, then you can start to see Golden State kind of play similar and start to you know, be, be more of a fluid offense. If not, then, um, then again, like I said, it's a game of possessions. And you know, if the ball's coming off the rim, and then, you know, if, again, Toronto has a great front court, they get the rebound, they start the offense – it could change the complexity of the series. So I think, I think those two things are very key for Golden State in order for them to, to force a game seven back, uh, back, at, back in Toronto. Uh, Teddy, who, do, who needs to be the X factor in order for each team to win? I mean, we talked about Boogie a little bit for Golden State. Obviously, what about any, any other player in Golden State you think uh, should, needs, needs to step up and really be a big-time contribution in order for them to force a game, force a game seven? And then also, uh, let me hear your... Uh, your X factor for Toronto as well, right after. Yeah, for the Warriors, I would say, other than Boogie, I'd say Draymond. I would love to see Draymond put up a better stat line than his pathetic 10, 10, and 10 triple double. (laughs) So that's great, but you got to do more than that, whether it's on the defensive end or, you know, getting your shot more. And he's not a good shooter, but, you know, maybe if he could somehow knock down a three or two. I mean, I think I heard he's shooting 8% this series from three I could shoot eight percent at least if he could if he could just hit one or two threes that would be huge for them and then on the other end on Toronto I'd have to say it's Siakam if he can if he can have one of his uh monster games like he's had this series then you know Kawhi's gonna show up and that'll probably be a done deal for for the Warriors Lou, what about you? Who, uh, do you agree, or you think is there somebody else that you think needs to step up? Um, I definitely think that. I mean, those two players will definitely be X factors. I just think for the Warriors, it's going to come down to if Kevon Looney plays and how well he does on the defensive boards. Because I feel like every time Toronto really has them down, they get so many offensive boards. Because I mean, like Clay's a, like the three basically. I mean, they don't really have any height out there. Right. Uh, especially now that Durant's gone. Um, and then for the Raptors, I'd probably say Van Fleet, just because when he's hot, they're rolling. And if he can get on one of those runs uh, in Oracle, it's going to be a long night for uh, the Warriors. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, all, 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 four, all four of those guys you guys talked about, definitely, definitely very key. For me, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say Siakam for Toronto, just because, you know, we, we, look, we look at him being the second option. So, you know, when Kawhi, Kawhi kind of struggled throughout the beginning of the game before he really went off in that, third, in that fourth quarter for that, you know, two to three minute stretch. Uh, you know, you're going to need Siakam down the stretch to, to, to make some key shots, to, to get some key buckets to kind of, you know, you know, keep you know, have, in order for them to have a lead, in order for them, to, especially on the road, you need guys to step up. Uh, I'll say Danny Green as well. Danny Green had a really good game four um, at the Oracle. Um, expect him to to play well. He's, he's been in the finals already. He has a championship. He understands his magnitude. So I, I expect him to, to to step up and knock down some threes when when Golden State start to, starts to double Kawhi and or Siakam. And then for, for Golden State, Cousins, of course, yeah, yeah, Draymond has to be – Draymond could give me at least 15 to 17 points. Uh, and, yeah, like you knock down two, two or three uh, threes, that's, that's big. And, and, of course, and, and do everything else defensively and, and, and be able to create for others, that's, that's huge. That's huge. So I'm going to say Draymond and uh, I'm going to say Danny Green. I think Danny Green, they're, they're going to need Danny Green. I, I, and, honestly, Marcus Saul too. Marcus Saul too because if Cousins starts to play well, he has to be able to complement that and start to be physical in the post as well and they be able to guard him. So I'll say, I'll say Gasol. Uh, yeah, Gasol, Danny Green for me. And then, and then for Golden State, no question, uh, Draymond has to be that third piece, to, uh, third or fourth piece to, to uh, contribute enough for them to, to force a game seven. So let's get right to it. Game six. Uh, Teddy, who, who, who you got winning? Uh, game six, I got the Warriors. I think we're going seven here. I think uh, if, if the Warriors, if you were to tell me the Warriors would lose every home game in the NBA Finals, I would have laughed at you. So I think they got to take one here. Lou? Uh, I'm going with Golden State, too. I think it's definitely going seven. Um, they have all the momentum right now. And I just think now that KD's down, they have even more to play for. So... I definitely think they're taking Game Six. Absolutely, I, I, got, I have Golden State as well for for all the for all the reasons you guys alluded to. Yeah, if, if what if they don't lose lose a lose every every home game and and, and that's the last uh, that that would be the last home game at the Oracle. That'd be a bad way. That'd be a bad way to end that to end the season. So I think they come out motivated. I think they come out motivated for that reason and and for you know KD going down. I think I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think you know I think Toronto will try to. Resp- Try to we'll come out and play well and try to make it like we're here, we're here. But I think Golden State will will battle and, and make it tough. And when the fourth quarter comes, I think Clay, I think Clay and Steph will will definitely step up again and 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 force a game seven. I got Golden State as well. All right, second half. It's like a little bit of NBA offseason, a little bit of NBA free agency stuff. Of course, you know, June thirtieth is is almost here. Eighteen days. It's going to be a wild day. Wild day. Uh, definitely episode dropping that day for sure. Uh, hopefully, I can get you guys on it. First topic: battle states. So let's so let's so let's put out. Let's let's say we're free agents, right? We're free agents this summer. Which New York or LA team would you rather play for, and why? Let's start with uh, let's start with Lou. Um, I'm going uh, with the Lakers and with the Nets, just because. Uh, I would never not want to play with LeBron. I feel like that gives you the best shot in L.A. to win a title, um, especially if you're a guy like um, Kemba, Jimmy Butler, um, even Kawhi or KD, just because you can play with him and he doesn't have that many years left and you can stay and be the number one. I feel like you can't miss out on that. And same thing with the Nets, but it's more of your team and then they have a much more – better front office than the Knicks. I don't want any part of the Knicks. I'm sorry, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, bro. That's cool. Uh, uh, Teddy, what about you? I'm also going to say the Lakers for the same exact reason, because I would choose LeBron over playing with anyone in the league. So that, <laughs> that seems like a way easier choice. The Nets and Knicks is tough. Um, I, I'm, I'm really on the fence. I, I almost want to say the Nets, but I'm going to say the Knicks. Uh, I think they have a very respectable young core now, um, and I would—if I'm a, an NBA superstar, I would love to be the guy that brought Knicks basketball back. I think that's uh, more attractive than winning in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. 
LA team, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Clippers, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna go play for the Lakers for exact LeBron, LeBron, Zoe, Kuzma, Ingram. Uh, you know, uh, I like Frank Vogel as a head coach. A lot of people try to downplay him. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good head coach. I like Jason Kidd there as well. I like Lionel Hollins there as well. So uh, I think I think they're in a great spot despite the uh, the, the media, you know, quote unquote dysfunction that they, they like to call it right now. But I, when you have LeBron on your team, you're always in a you're always in a position to win. So you know, I, I would love to be a part of that uh, playing for the Lakers, historic franchise, and similar how you said with with the Knicks, if you if you're able to bring a championship to the Lakers after after missing the playoffs, I think it's six straight years, and able to bring a championship to LA, you'll be immortalized, no question, in in, in that city, in that town. So uh, that's that's something I would want to play. That's that's where that's where I would want to play. Uh, so many legends have have played there. I think it'd be pretty cool. And, and then. It's similar. I mean, it's a similar thing. I mean, they don't have the championships, but I'm I'm playing for the Knicks. I'm playing for the Knicks, and yeah, I mean, for one, you just you know, bring, to bring some life back to to New York City basketball for sure. I mean, New York basketball, and you know, we you know haven't really had that type of uh, feel and, and positive energy since you know they they, they traded for Melo in 2010. So you know, you, they have a nice young core. Uh, I like, you know, they're, they're not as good. They're not as uh, experienced and, and as good as the Lakers young core. Um, but uh, I think, you know, they're going to draft RJ Barrett, in my opinion, to be crazy if they didn't. He wants to be there. I mean, but, you know, the Knicks have done crazier things. But the one thing I'll say is uh, about the front office is, you know, people try to downplay Dolan. I mean, at the end of the day, all he, just, all he does is cut the checks. I feel like I like, I like Scott Perry. I like Steve Mills. And I like Coach Fisdale as a head coach. You know, he has, you know, championship pedigree being an assistant coach for the Miami Heat when LeBron was there. So he understands, you know, he understands free agents. He understands how to win. So, uh, you know, even though, even though they're not good and they're not winning a lot of games, I like the direction that the Knicks are headed, and that's definitely a place where I would play for. I like the Nets, too. I think they're a good spot. I like D'Lo. I wouldn't mind playing with D'Lo and, and Karis LeVert. But uh, I think it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like Lakers, Knicks, they're like the big brother, and I feel like it's always going to be that way just because of just just history. So I, I would always pick those teams. I mean, the Clippers, I mean, but it would also, it would also be pretty you, – you'd get a statue in, in, front of the, in front of the Chase Center when, when the Clippers opened their arena in a couple of years, and you would definitely get a statue in front of the Barclays. You would have bring a championship there too. So, it, you know, it's tough, but for me, I, I got to go Knicks-Lakers, no doubt, no doubt. All right, uh, speaking of a guy that could potentially go to the Knicks or the Lakers, Kemba. It's been reported that the Mavs, the Lakers, and the Knicks are, are interested in him. Uh, Teddy, what do you – I mean, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday towards in, in the second half of our episode. Where do you, have, you, have you changed your mind? Have you wavered a little bit? What do you think are the best fit? What do you think, which team do you think is the best fit for Kemba out of those three? Uh, well, what were the three teams again? Just repeat them for me. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Mavericks, Lakers, and the Knicks. Um, I mean – the best, I would say the Lakers. Um, I think he's very similar to Kyrie, um, and we've seen Kyrie and LeBron win a championship. Um, so I think he would be a great fit with LeBron. LeBron likes someone that can handle the ball and also create. Um, I think the Lakers are one all-star away. I think that's all LeBron really needs to make a deep run, and I think Kemba would – bring that to the table there and they would be immediately a very strong contender uh, just a follow-up where would that leave Zoe um I mean he Zoe is is a 6-6 guard I think we're moving into positionless basketball I don't I don't see a problem with them all playing together the more guys you have that can create the better and Zoe is becoming a much better shooter than when he started in the league. So yes. I, don't, I don't see a reason why they can't fit together. So, okay. So for me, I, I'm, uh, um, Lou, I'm, I'm going to get to your point. Real, I'm going to get to which, which team you think is real fast. So what would be the starting five? So it's like, so it'd be Kemba. I mean, who's the, who's the shooting guard? Cause you got, cause remember last year they had Zoe, it was Zoe, B.I., Braun, Kuzma, and McGee. So who, who falls out the starting five? Zoe? Have to, I mean, have to be right. Um, yeah, I mean, because you can't because you can't go unless, small and put Braun at the. I five. mean, Just, yeah, you can't you can't do that all the time. But that would right. be, I mean, Whew. I think that would be a pretty good death lineup. That Whew. five right there without McGee. Oh yeah. I mean, not all not all the time, obviously. Right. But if that that would be a squad in there every once in a while for a big punch. 
Definitely, definitely. And, you know, maybe maybe you like Ingram or Kuzma more than the other, and you end up trading one of them for another piece. Um, there's things I feel like you can work out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if Zoe was a, an undersized guard, it would be weird. But I think he's he's a good enough player where, I mean, he could slide to the two. He could shoot. You know, he's not he's not incapable of, uh, you know, scoring the ball from outside. I think he'll be all right. Lou, what about you? What was the best fit for Kemba? Um, it's a tie for me between the Lakers and the Knicks, but I, I, I think he fits better with LeBron. And honestly, I think Zoe is in New Orleans if they get Kemba. So, mm, so you see a trade? So yeah, so I, I – Yeah, I think so. I mean, via trade, yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what LeBron wants. I mean, not Kemba exactly, but I think if they get AD, I think he'll settle for Kemba. I mean, any all-star – to make a big three with him and AD, take a plane. Yeah, yeah, Kemba, LeBron, and AD. Yeah, that's uh, that's Western Conference Finals, definitely. Yeah, oh, definitely. Def- yeah, that's that's definitely. Right. I don't, there's no, actually, I don't, that's a ship, actually. I really think that's a ship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if Golden State doesn't have Durant, I mean, that that would be. That'd oh be yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to watch. That'd be fun to, if they don't have Durant. Yeah, I mean, people will pick the Lakers for sure if that if that big three was assembled. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, two K wise, I like the Mavericks <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because I want to see because I Kimba, uh, you know Kimba, Luca, and Porzingis. Wow, that's that's crazy, and that that'd be that'd be dominant. But I don't know. I don't I don't really see him playing with, with younger guys like that. I feel like if he were to go to a to a uh, to a, a, another team that that's not Charlotte, I feel like he'd want to go to a team that has a you know a, a couple season vets, um, especially from a, from an all star level. Obviously, you know Luca just got into the league. Porzingis coming off an injury, but I don't, I don't think he'll do that. Uh, but if you know if the money's right, opportunity you know he may he may change his mind. I think Lakers. I think Lakers is a good fit. Uh, I think I think the Knicks. I like the Knicks, and the only reason I say the Knicks because I feel like he'll only go to the Knicks if if there's word that somebody else is pulling up. I don't think he'll just go to the Knicks by himself because if that's the case, why not just stay in Charlotte if you're gonna play with a bunch of young guys and you just stay in Charlotte and get more money. So, um, I mean, I I I mean, I hope he goes to the Knicks with with another hope that somebody else pulls up. Uh, but I think um, looking at these two, yeah. with, with KD getting hurt now, I think, um, I know, I think Lakers obviously is the best decision. I think everything you guys said, I think, you know, Kemba and Kyrie are, have, similar, have similar skill sets as, as guards. And I think they would be fun to watch. Him, him, and, Le- him and LeBron would be fun. Uh, okay, Lou, um, you, 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 you brought this topic up. You added this in the chat. I think it's a really good, really good question. And I'll ask you, I'll ask you, <laughs> does KD's injury, do you think KD's injury affects Kyrie's decision this summer? I definitely do because to see one of his best friends go down like that, and now KD has to think, wait, should I, should I just take the Warriors, I mean, guaranteed max money? Won't make it uh, more anywhere else. And uh, I already know what I have, you know what I mean? So Kyrie could think the same thing. I mean, I know what I have in Boston could be worse somewhere else and they're going to give me the max money and I'd rather make the most money just in case I'm going to get hurt. And also uh, just, I was just right. Probably like a, maybe a couple of minutes before we started recording Kyrie decided to decline the player option and became a free agent. So I just wanted to just throw that out there. Um, so yeah, uh, Teddy, what, what do you think? Will, will, will his injury, will KD's injury affect Kyrie's uh, destination? It very much could. I mean, they, you know, it was, we were definitely being told by, you know, the rumors that they were in it together. You know, they've been talking and, and it was, you know, at least my understanding that they were going somewhere together. You know, that was the word on the street. So it, I mean, it, I don't think Kyrie wants to sit around while Katie's, you know, not playing. You know, I don't, I don't think Kyrie would sign where Katie, where, I don't think Kyrie would sign where Katie signs now. It wouldn't make sense for Kyrie to do that. So it could definitely impact where he goes. Um, I, I do have to say that I, I have to run back into work. I appreciate being on here. Always a good time talking with you guys. Uh, always a pleasure. And hopefully I'll be back on here soon. No doubt, bro. Definitely. Uh, thank you for coming on, bro. Talk to you later. Thanks, all right? No problem. See you guys later. See you guys later. See you later. All right. F, I mean, for me, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it does a little bit. But, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. And it depends on, on the type of – uh, the conversations KD and Kyrie have. I'm pretty sure they've had some conversations leading up to now. Um, of course, you know, this injury is, is, is big. But 
I mean, I, I feel I feel like it really just depends on on the teams. I feel like if you know, say a team like the Knicks, if they if they're really saying, you know, listen, guys, we want we want both of you guys, and we really want you know, we really want both of you guys here. Yes, Katie, we know you're hurt. And uh, yes, we know you'll be back whenever you're healthy. But Kyrie, we also, we also want you a part of it as well. I think the Knicks still have some really good pieces. They could, you know, they could re-sign a guy like DeAndre Jordan to kind of mentor Mitchell Robinson as he develops. So, uh, I mean, I think it, it, it will, but um, it, it may not. It may not as well. So I just, I just think, uh, I just really, it really just depends on the conversations those guys have, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's just going to make this this summer, I think, one of the most interesting off seasons in, in, in NBA history. Uh, last two topics before we end it. Uh, if if you're Anthony Davis, okay, so I'll just put context to it. So AD, uh, Rich Paul said um, uh, said that if Boston trades for for AD, it'll only be for one year. What, what's uh, being a Boston fan, Lou? What's your thoughts on that? And would you still sign him? Obviously, you got you know just see Toronto, you know take take a risk in signing Kawhi to you know help them go to a championship. And we also saw uh, the year before that we saw OKC take a risk and and sign. And sign Paul George. So, uh, if if you're Danny Ainge, would you still pull the? Would you still try to pursue AD? Oh, definitely. I feel like that's only out there because they don't think Kyrie will sign back. And if you get Kyrie back, then you get AD. I I think either way, if if they play together for a year, I don't think he'll want to leave. But I mean, it's it's the if you get Kyrie. So I think one correlates to the other. If you don't get Kyrie, don't get AD. I feel like that would be. AD definitely wouldn't stay because he's in the same situation. Bunch of young guys and one star being him. So I definitely don't think he wants that. Yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough because you do look you do look at the Thunder and you look at the Raptors and they definitely they, – they took a risk. They took a risk and, and it's worked well. We'll see what, we'll see what Kawhi does. I, in my opinion, he stays. I think you, believe, you think so too, right? He stays? Oh, yeah, Kawhi stays. Yeah, uh, right. No way he leaves. Yeah, so um, – so yeah, it's, it's it's tough. I feel like yes, it will be AD with a bunch of young guys, but it will, it will still be the Boston Celtics. You know, it's a different type. It's it's a different type of a team, different type of franchise than the Pelicans uh, prior prior to them getting David Griffin. Um, so I, you know, I think they, you know uh, he could be he could fall in love in, in Boston. Obviously, the Eastern Conference is is not the same from from one to fifteen like it is in the Western Conference. So I think you know with AD and and uh, well, I mean, they would probably have to give up one of those forwards. But I say if they were able to keep Tatum and have AD and uh, you know maybe maybe Hayward is in the deal or something like that. I mean, I've heard I heard reports that uh, the Pelicans want to make it a multi-team deal. So I mean, it just depends on on who uh, who's going to be in that deal. But if it's AD and the young guys, I mean, I, I feel like it's I feel like that's in, in the East. That's still good enough to make the playoffs, and and it could potentially you know keep them there, but. Uh, if, a, if a guy is saying off rip out the gate, I mean, because it's not like Kawhi and and Paul George said I'm not resigning if they trade for me. So I think that's I get what you're yeah. So that's that's a little different, man. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. It's, he's he's a great player, top five player. But uh, I don't know because I don't want to give up my whole team and then he doesn't stay and then now the Pelicans have have my team. <laughs> so it's, that's true. It's mm-hmm. tricky. I don't. I don't think I'll do it. I don't think I'll do it if if I was in any age. All right. Last question. Uh, we talked about some of, some potential free agents poss- possibly going to the Lakers. Do do you think the Lakers even even need another guy to to compete and to compete for a championship in the Western Conference? I mean, when they you know without without another All Star, they were fourth in the West before the injuries. And you know, in my opinion, they would have played Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. So, do you think they really need another guy, or do you think they should you know try to find an alternative? Me personally, no. Just because I, I think AD's going there. I think they have better pieces than the Knicks. I mean, unless they really value the three pick that much more than the four pick. Um, and I don't think they do. Um, so I think if they could get Lonzo and then Hot and Ingram or one of the two in a trade, I definitely think with the fourth pick, they'd rather that than uh, like Mitchell uh, Robinson and um, Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox in the three. Right. Definitely think they'd prefer that, especially with um, Zion being there. Yeah, that, that would be Zoe, Zoe and Zion. That'd be fun to watch, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But for me, I'm really I'm really optimistic about the development of 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 Zoe 
Ingram and Kuzma. I think the, I think all three of those guys could, could really be special players in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. And I think playing alongside LeBron for these next three years will obviously help them tremendously. Um, if they were able to keep that young core, I feel like if AD, if you really want to, if you really want to play for the Lakers, just wait one more year and 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 then sign with the Lakers. So then you're playing with LeBron, you know, Zoe, Ingram, Kuzma, and then you're the fifth man. They need a big man anyway, so why not be that missing piece? And then you could do something special because honestly, that the, the young core, they're they're not expensive right now, so you could still be able to sign AD. Um, so I just feel like you know I, I wouldn't I would I wouldn't trade the, I wouldn't trade the house for. For, for AD just yet, uh, you, you can look at the Melo situation, of course, and back in 2010, when Masayu Jerry fleeced, fleeced the Knicks and pretty much, you know, took all the Knicks role players and then just left just left the Knicks with, with uh, Melo and Amari and, you know, Chauncey Billups, who was a little bit past his prime at that moment, and, you know, they, they struggled and they, have, they weren't able to really uh, get, get, some, get some really good players around those guys to really compete, you know, for a, a longer period of time. Uh, injuries played the part as well. So, I mean, for me, I'm just... I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing it. I don't know if I'm doing it. And I don't think they need, I don't think they need a, a NBA guy. I mean, we've seen LeBron take, you know, <laughs> you know, bench players and, and guys that aren't really shouldn't be starters uh, to the finals and, you know, to, to long playoff runs. So uh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll pass, I'll pass on trading the house for me. <laughs> well, I hear you. I, I definitely like the development and the way it could go. Yes. I'm just seeing it from LeBron's eyes though. You true. know what I mean? True. That's, true. Just, that's just the way it might go. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, and you're right, and that's the, obviously LeBron only has a couple years left, so he probably might not want to wait for those guys to really be breakout players. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from 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 that standpoint, for sure. Uh, all right, man, that, that concludes this episode. Uh, Lou, thank you for coming on. Teddy, Teddy, I had to had to leave, but thank you, thank you for coming on as well. Look out for my bro Lou. Um, at the MMA Countdown, just doing MMA news and analysis. Look for him on, on Instagram and on YouTube as well. They have a, have a great show. And, and uh, yeah, bro, thanks for coming on. Thank you, my dude. Can't wait to run it back. Uh, definitely, man. It's just, man, this, this NBA offseason is about to be wild. Draft coming up next oh, week. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Cannot fucking wait, dude. Cannot <laughs> wait, man. All right, man. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank, you for, thank you for listening. Peace. Peace, my dude.